Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Astros Baseball brought to you by Ram Shirts. You can follow Ram Shirts on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Go to RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. My special guest this week from USA Today Sports, Mr. Ben DuBose. Ben, welcome to the show. Hey Rob, thanks for having me. So I saw you post something about being at the game. Mm. It was like last week or something, and I was like, man, I haven't seen that guy in a while. And I looked at your bio, and you're you're with USA Today Sports. So what are you doing now, and, and where were you before when you were always at the Astros game? Yeah, so, well, I do go a lot as a fan all the time. From time to time for MLB.com, when McTaggart needs a weekend off here or there, um, last weekend, I worked the whole Diamondbacks series, basically filling in for McTaggart for those three days. I do it from time to time, but it's been at least a couple of years because in 2020, what ended up happening, MLB.com basically did – it was a short season to begin with. And also, when the beat writers needed time off, they basically just did everything in-house because since no one had – Everything was you know, press box only. Basically, whether you're in the press box, whether you're watching on TV, everything is the same. Anything you get is on Zoom. So there's not really any reason for them to hire someone in like the Houston market, if that makes sense. And then there's also during the season, you know, for me, I tend to work a lot more Astros in September because, you know, the start of the year, now not this year, but most years, the Rockets have been in the playoffs. So I'm busy with that. And also mm. during the summer, they typically have uh, an internship program in which uh, a college kid goes and works with each established beat reporter in the market, in this case, McTaggart. And so when the college kid is there, many times he will pick up when McTaggart needs a game or a series off, whatever it may be. But yeah, September is sort of the sweet spot because that's when NBA coverage is at a minimum. And uh, clearly McTaggart needs some series off because hopefully October is going to be a busy month for him. If it is, it's because obviously the Astros have played deep into the postseason. And yeah, I, I'm happy to do it. Didn't really have the opportunity in 2020 because it just didn't really make sense. No reason to uh, pay for someone in Houston to go do the job when it's all by Zoom anyway. But yeah, now that we're back to having in-person access again in 2021, uh, thrilled to help out from time to time. So this week we played the Angels and the A's. We just finished up with the A's. N not a pretty series, uh, but we started out on fire uh, on Monday. We were up two to zero mm -hmm. and then Siri had a home run. Correa had an RBI. What are your thoughts on Siri? I see him making the playoffs most, I think mostly because of his speed, but 
I think he's a pretty good asset. Yeah, it's interesting, um, especially because we're recording this Sunday night and in the game that just finished against Oakland, he had a mistake in which he ran through the stop sign for Omar Lopez and ran into the third out of the game and the top of the ninth. And then, of course, the A's walked it off uh, in the bottom once the game stayed tied. Unfortunately, if he had stayed, uh, well, he should have stayed at third because it would have brought up Jordan Alvarez with two on, two out in the ninth. And that's a pretty good situation. Hopefully he'll learn from it because... I'm sort of torn because I feel like it's going to be tough to create a roster spot. This is assuming Brantley is able to come back. And while Michael Brantley's return has been delayed, I haven't heard anything that suggests that they don't think that he won't be able to come back at all. I think the reports today were that he's struggling a little bit more in the outfield drills. Well, if that's the case, worst case, you could put him at DH and then have Jordan in left field. So assuming Brantley comes back, I feel like the last spot is sort of between Siri and Marwin Gonzalez. And at first glance, important since you have Ledmus Diaz also in the bench and sort of a similar super utility role, can play a lot of different positions, only slightly better as a hitter. But, you know, the thing with Siri and the reason why he's going to make this very tough for Dusty Baker Marwin's a lot steadier. He's the veteran influence. And of course, he has the track record of success and previous deep playoff runs, including the Astros World Series title in 2017. But Siri has, between the speed and his home run power, the potential to change a game in one play. And when you're talking about someone who is in the, you know, the fifth guy on your bench, basically the last person on your roster, having that type of upside match that you want someone that, you know, the odds are if, if their number gets called, it's probably going to be a very tense situation in which your extra innings, the game is close, you need that pinch runner. And so between his speed and between his power, I'm not going to say it's a done deal because clearly Marwin has the advantage of experience. But yeah, Siri, assuming he can work past the, uh, you know, the issue he had at the end of Sunday's game in Oakland, he's, you know, he's a high strikeout guy. It's not exactly like he's a perfect player by any means, but I think it's got to be pretty tempting to have a guy like that at the end of your bench. Yeah. So moving on in the game, but also today, I mean, we can get to that later, but it was also that hit. It didn't end up mattering at all, but you know, he almost cut off Tucker there at the end. Oh yeah. And that pop fly and that was bad. So he made two mistakes today. Yeah. uh, And I, yeah. And I think some of these are a team that's pressing a little bit. I hope that when they get back home and the vibe is different, it should be pointed out that even though Tampa Bay it's the number one scene in the American League. They don't have a ton to play for, so we'll see how aggressively they try to pursue those games this week. But I think some of it, because it wasn't just Siri, I think Siri as a rookie is more predisposed to, you know, trying to be Superman in terms of flying around the bases, trying to score from first on a single, and then trying to make that catch in which he basically just overran the ball. Fortunately, he did. If he didn't, it would have just gone off his glove and been a catastrophic way for the game to end. But I think some of it just comes down to the fact that this team, the weekend in Oakland went so sour. You have a lot of guys that were trying to do too much. Like in the ninth inning, when Yuli Gurriel, that sacrifice bunt, he tried to, you know, make the diving catch 
when all they had to do was take the easy out at first, but he was trying to make just the perfect play so that the runner couldn't even advance to second. And so I think some of what's going on is that some of these guys are pressing. It's been bad. They want to be able to flip this with one down when they get back to Houston. So later in the game, Aldonado had three three run homer, and Marwin Gonzalez had a grand slam. The Astros scored four runs in the eighth and ninth inning, and ended up winning ten to zero. Framber yep. had seven innings, no run baseball. Then you go to Tuesday, the Astros scored ten runs again. Urquidy comes out and he looks really good. And I don't know if he got tired or what, but his last inning of work was the sixth, mm-hmm. and he gave up. Uh, three runs in the sixth inning. What do you think about Rikidi? So I'm a big fan of Rikidi, and some of this is just based on gut feel from the last two postseason runs. But I also feel like he's very important to the Astros from the standpoint of pumping strikes because with the current rotation that they have, McCullers, Valdez, Grinky, although it's starting to look like Grinky's not going to make the playoff rotation. I suppose you never say never with his track record, but at this point, I think it's less likely than likely. But the point is, you've got a lot of guys in that rotation that have issues with control from time to time. And especially in the playoffs, when the hitters you're facing are extremely disciplined, there could be a situation in which you could have your starter chased after five innings, right? I mean, not so much chase, just even if they're effective, it would be a surprise to see them go 100 plus pitches over five innings and have to come out early. And the one thing about Jose Urquidy, he pounds the strike zone. So to me, that's huge for the Astros. That's why I think he has to be in the playoff rotation. The one sort of word of caution I would have, and you hit the nail on your head with your analysis of that Angels game, you could see him tiring a bit after that fifth inning. And I think, it sort of comes with the territory because he's had two different injuries to his shoulder or arm this season. And I think he never fully got stretched out. So who knows how deep into games that he can get you. Now he does have one more start before the postseason, And I'm sure they'll have him throwing some sort of simulated game in between the regular season and the postseason. So maybe he can build a little bit more. That's the one word of caution, but in general with a rotation of guys that, from time to time, likes to live on the edge and nibble. Guys like McCullers, Valdez, Grinky, if he makes it. I think it's a good contrast to have someone like Urquidy that pounds the strike zone. Yeah, so in the top of the second, Tucker had a home run. Diaz had a homer. We're up 3-0. to zero. Altuve hit his 29th home. We're up 5-1. to one. Maldonado had home run in back-to-back games. Up 8-1. to one. We end up winning 10-5. to five. So it's two games in a row. Scoring 10 runs. We're looking good. Wednesday, we went 9-5. to five. Alvarez hit his 32nd home run. Castro had another home run. We take a 5-3 to three lead in the 7th. Well, actually, L.A. takes the lead 5-3 to three in the 7th, but the Astros tie it in the 8th, and we go to 12 innings where the Astros explode for four runs, and we win 9-5. to five. Luis Garcia, who I think is a very, very good pitcher, for the Astros and definitely needs to be in that rotation. I know, you know, they were talking about his innings and his, you know, limits, but he's mm-hmm. still, he's still doing great. And so what do you, th- I mean, I, I had this on the list here to ask you if you had any concerns about Alvarez's health, but I mean, he's running around the bases, like there's nothing wrong with them. 
And also he hits better when he's in the outfield. So if you were talking earlier about Michael Brantley, if he can't play in the outfield and he can DH, I yeah. mean, I don't, you know, I think we're in good shape. He may yeah. not be the best outfielder, but he can do it. Yeah, that's one thing that I feel a lot better about after Sunday. As frustrating as the sweep against the A's was, the fact that you had Jordan getting an infield single in which I believe he was at his speed going down to first was at 29. I mean, one of the best metrics of his entire career uh, in terms of feet per second, I, I believe. So to see him running that well would suggest that there's nothing structurally wrong with him. Now, you have to keep in mind he had surgery on both knees before the season. It's not a given. There's a high workload, and I think they're generally keeping a close eye on him. But the fact that he can cut it loose like that, and he's played in left field a lot more than anyone expected this year, yeah, I feel like he must be healthy. And one thing that's a little bit unfortunate with them missing an opportunity to close out the AL West and really home field advantage in the first round over the weekend, it would have been nice to sort of be more proactive with your main guys over the final week of the year in a few days off between the regular season and the postseason. So it's not, even if they play into the weekend, they can still get their bodies right over that time off. There's more off days in the postseason anyway. And also maybe it's a rest versus rust thing. Maybe it's better that they've kind of put themselves not in trouble, but to where they have to do something on this final homestand. Maybe it helps some of these guys get in rhythm. But to get back yeah. to your point about Jordan, I feel pretty good that he's physically in a good place. And that's important because, as we said earlier, the Michael Brantley question, at this point, there's no clear return timetable for him, and there's only six games left in the season as we're recording this podcast. It's very important if you want Michael Brantley's bat in the playoffs. And I think even though he slumped a little bit the last couple of months, he's still a proven veteran hitter you would like to have out there. Then, yes, Jordan being able to play left field is potentially going to be very important because at this point, if and when Brantley does come back, I think it would help him quite a bit if you could DH him. And the way to DH him is if you put Jordan in left field. So Thursday, the Astros lose three to two. It was Lance McCullers day. Going mm -hmm. to the scoring, Jack Mayfield had a two run double to give LA the three to one lead. Castro with his late inning heroics again, had a home run, but Jack Mayfield, I mean, we've, we've seen this, with Jack Mayfield, Tony Kemp, and all these guys, these former Astros are are really doing well against their former team. Yeah, for sure. And he's frustrating because Kendall Graven has never really had a true rhythm since getting to the Astros. Maybe that's something that happens over the final week as you can get him some more confidence at home. But yeah, uh, it wasn't an earned run on Graven because I believe he came in with those runners on base. But yeah, Mayfield put a couple of good swings on him. One was just barely foul. And then, of course, he had the the bases clearing double, I believe. So it, it's a, assuming I'm thinking about the right game there, but I, I know Mayfield got Graveman in one of those Angels games. The point is, get back to Mayfield. Yeah, he's someone that can put the ball in play and against an Astros bullpen that, especially in the middle part of, it doesn't necessarily have a ton of swing and miss stuff. It does when you get towards Presley and ideally Stanek and Graveman, although they've been a bit hit or miss, Graveman in particular, uh, of late. Um, yeah, Mayfield was understandably tough. 
And the other factor, I think, with that game, and it should be pointed out, the finale in L.A., the, the final was 3-2, that game you're talking about, right? Yeah. So you scored two runs in that one. You scored two runs on Friday, one run on Saturday, and then three runs on Sunday. And so you had a couple of good pitchers in there, Montas and uh, Manea, but it wasn't like you were facing murderer's row for the vast majority of it. And Oakland in particular usually has a, a weak bullpen and the Astros couldn't score off them at all the yeah. entire weekend. I think some of what happened in those games, and this is why I would urge some caution with the people that are a little upset right now, I think some of what happened has to do with fatigue because this was a really rough stretch of 17 straight games without an off day. And even worse, like that Thursday game in L.A. that you're talking about, it was a night game, which means when you have a night game on a getaway day, the team's not getting into their next city for the next day's game until 2, 3 in the morning. And so you're yeah. not getting a full night's rest. It's brutal. And typically you don't see these stretches in September. I don't know why the Astros got stuck with it this year. I guess just luck of the draw. But it, it's even rougher in September because a lot of guys are just worn down from a full season of playing baseball. And then in the Astros case, you've got the injuries to guys like Brantley. And last week, they DH Tucker for a few days because he had whatever was going on with his shoulder. So I think an underrated fact uh, of what's happened the last few games and starting with that Thursday one in L.A., because, I, yeah, the Wednesday one that you talked about, they had to win in 12 innings. That was the one that lasted like four hours and 20 minutes, incredibly long. And yeah. so uh, my guess is what happened towards the end of that week. A lot of tanks were running close to empty. And so I think that's probably a big factor of what happened on Thursday. And I think it continued into the weekend as well. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The the uh, starting pitchers only gave up six runs in the Angels series, but the offense scored 29 runs in the first three games against L.A., and they only scored two runs for Lance McCullers, who must have been sitting there wondering where his nine or ten runs are. Uh, but like you said, we, we go to Oakland. You know, we had a good series, win three to one. We're running out of gas. People mm -hmm. on Twitter don't realize this. They're all – I've never seen people so – with so much panicking right now. And it's like, you know, people don't even know what they're talking about. You know, well, we're not, we're, we're not going to win the division like this. Or we're not, you know, what are you talking about? All we got to do is win like two games. Or Seattle's got to lose two. It's, we, it's done. Like, just let us have some rest on Monday and relax. It's okay. Well, and the other factor that I think a lot of people are sort of overreacting to, and this is not understanding how baseball is so different than, say, football or basketball, momentum is basically a non-entity when it comes to the playoffs. And part of it has to do, of course, with that long break of at least five days, assuming you're not in the wild card game, which the Astros won't be between the, um, the end of the regular season and the postseason. Momentum is basically a non-entity. Even the regular season, in a one-game scenario, baseball can be so random. And so in this case, I'm not so much worried about, and I agree with you, there's a lot of overreactions. Oh, this is happening now. So even if they win the division, it's going to bode terribly for the postseason. No, no, no. That's not how it works. We can no. go time after time through, you know, the, the most famous example I can think of uh, in recent years. I remember in 2018, the year the Astros lost to the Red Sox and the ALCS and the Red Sox went on to win the title. Towards the home stretch of that year, the Red Sox bullpen was a disaster. They were getting flamed. Oh, there's no way that bullpen is going to hold up. And sure enough, it was fantastic in the playoffs. There's not a lot of correlation between what happens now and what happens in the 
more in the vein of just get in by any means necessary. It doesn't matter if you lose a few games down the home stretch, as long as you win and as long as you get home field. And the good news is that to take like a, besides the division, you know, I, I think getting home field advantage against the White Sox and the ALDS is a big deal because the White Sox are a much worse team at, on the road than they are at home. But because you have the tiebreaker, they have to outplay you by four games over the final six. So yeah. to put, put that in perspective, if the Astros go three and three, there's nothing they can do. If they yeah. go two and four, the White Sox have to go six to no. Understand. Uh, but, so and, speaking of, but it's oh. pretty damn close. Oh, so speaking of bullpen, Friday Grinky was scratched, mm-hmm. so it turned into a bullpen game. Belak gave up three runs. Solomon didn't give up a run. Yimmy gave up four. Rayleigh two. Seth Martinez five. One bright spot in this fourteen to two drubbing by the A's on Friday is Altuve hit home run number thirty. And then you go to Saturday. And this this game didn't really bother me because Mania or Manea, I can never say his name right. He's a good pitcher. And we lose mm-hmm. two to one. Framber goes six and two thirds. He only gives up one run, but Graveman came in and gave up the hit. And I tweeted that Framber's sitting on the bench, like, well, I could have done that. Mm-hmm. Do you think they should have left him in? Uh I, I lean to yes, only because the Astros, other than Ryan Presley, and now Presley's been walked off on consecutive nights. Now, yes, there's a bit of an asterisk on the one Sunday because he came in with the bases loaded. And in that situation, you know, the hitter in that case, Mark Hanna, knows that he's going to get something in the strike zone because you can't issue a walk to lose the game. You just can't. Mm-hmm. So that one isn't too debilitating. But, you know, for the most part this season, Ryan Presley has been fantastic. But really, other than Stanek, you have not had a ton of success with the middle relief guys. Graveman has been okay, but certainly not as dominant as they hoped for when they traded him. Yimmy Garcia and Phil Maton have not been inspiring at all. And in general, they struggle to miss bats. So I would have, even though it's the third or fourth time through the order, the thing about Framber Valdez is that he can miss bats. His stuff is nasty. We have seen it time and time again. And especially... When you're the better team, as despite the sweep, the Astros are better than the A's. They just are. And you're trying to grind out a win, then I really want to err on the side of who among these pitching options has the best stuff. And to me, even if he's thrown 100 pitches or so, or I think a little bit less than that in that case, it's bet um, based on his track record. And we could see that playing out in Sunday's game as well. For uh, Brooks Raley, maybe ended up uh, not intentionally walking Matt Olson, and then gave up an infield single to uh, to Canada to tie the game in the seventh. Now it's not as clear cut as I thought initially. I was like, put in Raley, who's great against lefties, to go up against Matt Olson. Now, as it turns out, I looked up the splits. Matt Olson actually hits lefties really, really well. That's rare for a power hitting lefty with his profile. So it's not as slam dunk of a decision as I thought it was in the moment. But in most cases, and I don't think Mark, um, not Mark, I don't think Matt Olson's going to be in the postseason. The A's aren't. Raley is a guy that I think. You know, you want to limit him to playing against lefties, but he's underrated because he has that swing and miss stuff. And so to me, to get back to your point, that's what I'm looking for. When you're the better team as the Astros, despite the results, are relative to Oakland, 
what you don't want to give up is contact because especially in a big spacious ballpark like the Coliseum, balls in play can find holes. When you're the better team, you want to put them away. And so I sort of look at this through the prism of who's most likely to get the swing and miss. And so to me in that situation Saturday, I would err on the side of Fromber. Yeah, so Framber, uh, 13 and two-thirds innings this week, only allowed one run, and he wasn't even the guy that threw the pitch. So very good, very good week for Framber. Today, Odorizzi got the start. There's always that question, you know, is Odorizzi going to pitch five innings today? But his pitch count was a little high, uh, worked a little hard, but he only allowed one run. So you got one run Odorizzi, one run on Saturday by Framber. Friday was a bullpen game. Overall, even though we had a three and four record, I was pleased by the starting pitching. I mean, they really oh, yeah. didn't go deep in the game, but they also didn't allow a lot of runs. And like you like you talked about today, we were tied at one. Top of the sixth, Bregman had a whole uh, solo home run, and then Yuli doubled in Alvarez. We're up three mm-hmm. to one. And I'm thinking, yeah, we got this. And then all of a sudden, the A's tied at three. And then the top of the eighth, Yuli and Alvarez get on base. It's two on, no outs. They didn't do anything. And then you already touched on this. Alvarez, I mean, uh, Siri gets a single and then tries to be the hero and get thrown out at third. Stanek comes in. He gives up a single, a single, a passed ball. And then Presley comes in and gives up that hit. You know, not a hit, but the, the long fly ball that hit the outfit wall. And it was over. And they lose. They get swept by the A's. I'm not worried about it at all. I mean, I wish we would have won. I felt like throwing something when that happened. But overall, I know what's happening. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. And again, it should be noted, number one, they're not at close to full strength. And they are at the end of a brutal stretch of 17 straight games without an off day while playing under man. So I think they'll be better in Houston. It would take just a catastrophic collapse, which is pretty certainly not going to happen in the division because the Mariners play the A's, I believe, for four games. So that's going to take care of itself. But, you know, the, the way I look at it, maybe it helps them to sort of have a chip on their shoulder and have something to play for this last week. And they go in and get hot because... Yeah. They haven't necessarily played their best baseball uh, the last week or so, but I'm with you. I understand it. And maybe this is a good time to, you know, sort of kick them into gear and have this be a confidence-building week. Yeah, there recently, just, just very recently, they had they were on the road, and I think they won one game. And I was like, don't worry about it. We get home, the fans will feed, they'll feed off the energy of the fans and we'll be good. I think they had a five and one homestand. Or something like that. So anyway, with the rest of baseball going on, Tampa Bay, Chicago have already clinched their division. Boston and New York are leading in the wild card. I, I, I was penciling in Toronto mm-hmm. to be in the wild card, but the Astros are 91 and 65. Seattle's five behind them. Oakland six behind them. I don't know why people are are so stressed about that. The White Sox have 88 wins. So like you said, we, we have a three-game lead over them. With three games left, and people don't realize, oh, well, they're going to catch you. I mean, we could get swept by Tampa Bay, and I think I wrote it down here somewhere. The uh, Chicago, I think they played Detroit. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's a sweep and a sweep, then we'll be tied, and that'll change things. We'll have to play Oakland again, but I don't know. I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, uh, and you know, and the White Sox play the Tigers. They also play the uh, the Reds, who are a competitive team. Yeah, they're yeah. I mean, <laughs> the Reds were in it till the 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 Cardinals win 16 games in a row. Mm-hmm. So next up for the Astros, three games at Minute Maid Park. Versus Tampa Bay, that starts Tuesday. The Astros are off Monday. Much needed rest. And then three games at home against Oakland, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that's it. And when do the wild cards start? Like Thursday? No, wild cards are Tuesday and Wednesday. AL will be on Tuesday because involving what we know will be the American League West champion Astros will be on Thursday. So, yeah, the wild card game will be Tuesday for the American League, and then game one of Basically, the winner of that series playing Tampa and the Astros playing the White Sox will be that Thursday. Yeah, so if you go to the Oakland series, no need to rest with, you know, with three or three and a half days off before they have to play again. Uh, But anyway, Ben, I appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. For Ben, we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. And be sure to tune in Thursday for Fair Foul with Jimmy Price from Astros Future. We'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.